Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to the Midweek Mailbag. It is week 11. Your Detroit Lions are 7-2, and two, and my name is Jeremy Reisman. I'm the producer over at Pride of Detroit. You can find me at Detroit on Lion on Twitter. With me to answer all of the questions that you may have, again, not really all of them, just the ones we like, is the managing editor of Pride of Detroit, is the machine, is Eric Schlitt on Twitter. Eric Schlitt. Buddy, I didn't get to see you on Sunday, so how you doing? Yeah, well, I uh, I did not make the trip out west to uh, to to watch the Lions beat the Chargers, but um, I am excited to be back and I get to sit next to you for the next two games. So that's that's, right. uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. We're gonna we're gonna strap on our diapers and watch some Lions football. I already got mine on. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah. I mean that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> as as you probably know by listening, this is our midweek mailbag show where we take questions from Twitter. Um, sometimes I take them from Pride to Detroit direct subscribers as well, and we answer them for the next 45 minutes or so. If you want more of this kind of content, I would imagine you should watch us live on twitch.tv slash Pride to Detroit or Pride to Detroit or YouTube.com slash Pride to Detroit um, because we answer a heck of a lot more questions during a break time. But let's not waste time here. Let's get right into it. As you may suspect, a lot of questions about the Lions defense. So that's where we'll start. Uh, Ashley David Soden on Twitter asks, does our seemingly inability to play a decent level of defense against quarterbacks who can both scramble and throw Gino, Lamar, Justin Herbert, worry you when we have to play Dak later this season and maybe potentially take on Jalen Hurts in the playoffs? And what can the Lions do to fix this? Well, it, yeah, I think it does concern me because it seems to be one of the few weaknesses that this team has, mm-hmm. right? Like when you look down the list of areas that they're succeeding, it's more than not, right? Like you're seeing yeah. top 10 level uh, accomplishments in, in several offensive categories, some defensive categories. Uh, but the one very glaring hiccup is, is their approach to mobile quarterbacks. and. When they face one, the game plan tends to be more contain oriented, which I understand. But at the same time, if you're not getting home with your with your edge rushers, then it puts your secondary in a very vulnerable spot. And so, yeah, it does concern me. Um, not Dak so much as Jalen. Uh, I think Jalen Hurts is terrifying for this team. And sure, you know, I, other than Jalen, I think the Lions match up. Uh, you know, comparably well with the, with the Eagles in a lot of areas. I mean, a lot of areas, mm-hmm. but, but Hertz is, is a guy who tends to be the kryptonite for what this, this lions team is. And so, yeah, he does scare me. Um, how do they fix it? I, I don't know. It's, it's change approach or change productivity, right? Like it, yeah. it's one or the other. So I wish I had an answer. Uh, and I do hope that Aaron Glenn comes up with one. Yeah. I- 
I mean, yes, this is obviously a, a major concern. I, I really don't think that this hurt them that much on Sunday because it didn't feel like Herbert got out of the pocket that often. It didn't feel like no. he, he really had to, honestly, in, in yeah. a lot of situations. Um, well, neither did Lamar, right? Like right. Lamar just at, went through yeah, the air At times too. he did, at times he didn't. But, but mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think we have to like sit back and, and read this question again because you're asking okay. why – why can't the Lions stop a quarterback who can both scramble and throw? Mm-hmm. Show me a defense that can. You're, t- you're, I mean, you're talking about the elite of the elite. You're talking about why are the Lions having so much trouble with the best players in football? Because they're <laughs> the best players in football. That's why there aren't a lot of like the sure. Lions don't have the horses to to sport a Browns level defense. You know where where you can get pressure rushing for where you can close in the pocket immediately. They they just don't have the talent to do that. And even their secondary, I think we got a little bit ahead of like how excited we were about the secondary. But can they hold up against the Eagles receiving core and Jalen Hurts, who's going to buy more time? No, and and most mm. most defenses can. Um, the Lions to me, they just don't have the talent right now to even make it a fight. And, and that's where a lot of defenses are right now. Um, and I'm not trying to excuse some bad performances because it's one thing to say, listen, these, these guys are, they're, they're good. They're going to score their points. It's another to say you gave up five straight 60 plus yard touchdown drives. That's not acceptable. I don't care who you're playing. That needs to be better. But at the same time, we, we have to realize like, this is the NFL. It heavily favors the offense. And when you're playing the best p- players in football, you're not going to hold them to 20 points that, that just, Mm. that doesn't happen a lot in in the league anymore. And I know scoring is down, scoring is down. Not, not when you're playing teams like this. Well, I I think one of the biggest advantages that the lions have shown this season is their ability to win in different ways against different opponents. Right. right? Uh, As I, uh, in power rankings article, I wrote this morning, right. I talked about that and, and the fact that, the defense has shown up in a couple of games where they've just held opponents to, to minimal yardage. And then you've had other games where the running game is winning it for you. The other games where passing games win it for you, or, or you just can straight shoot them. You have a shootout. Like the lions can win in a lot of different ways, which is why going down the stretch, getting into the playoffs, like there's not a lot of opponents that scare me, but that one flaw it is a problem because it's going to you're going to face the, that level of, of, of caliber of, of quarterback in the pl- in the postseason. And if they're as good as you know we think they can be, um, they'll they're either going to have to do one of two things. They're either going to figure out a way on how to 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 match up better against this type of quarterback, or you just got to win a shootout. And, and last week they won a shootout, right? And that's they're they're very capable of that as well. So it's not like if they don't solve how to figure out a quarterback, they're dead in the water, right? the 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 Ravens game is an anomaly. This is this is there's this is they've shown that yeah. they can go toe to toe. I mean Herbert's no slouch, like right. Let's, let's let, and he played arguably the best game I've seen him play in a long time. Like yep. maybe the best season game I've ever seen him play. Um, but the Lions game, the Lions have ways to win in, in a lot of different ways. So. Yeah, I, I said the same thing, man. Like there, there's this there's this perception that defense still wins championships. 
particularly when you get in the playoffs. And I, I just, I don't think, I don't believe that to be true anymore. I think, I think if you have an average defense and an elite offense, which by most statistical measures, the Lions do have at least that, I mean, there's still a top 10 defense in DVOA. Um, yeah. I, I do think that that may regress out top, of the top 10, but at the same time, top five, right? Is it? To, I think it's top defense? five. On defense? Oh, I thought you said offense. I don't no, think no, no, said no, offense. Defense. I apologize. Um, that that could regress out of the top ten, but at the same time, they're not playing a lot of great offenses in, in the next month or two. Um, I, my my overall point being that there there are shootouts in the playoffs too. That that happens. Sure, um, sure. The 49ers are a great example of a team that has an elite defense that hasn't even gotten to the Super Bowl in in a decade. You know, right. Um, so I I get like you you it, it's frustrating seeing the defense out there and struggle so much. I get it but this team can still win. This team can still contend with the best of them without having a, an elite defense, without having a guy that, that can slow down Jalen hurts or, you know, throw in whoever. And and listen, we can't completely forget about chiefs game. We can't completely forget about the first four drives of the chargers game, which lines mm-hmm. forced two, three outs and an interception. Right. And the interception yep. was, was forced by what quarterback pressure. They they got right. to him. It, it happens mm-hmm. every now and then. Um, so <laughs> I, it, it wasn't great. It was, it was, in fact, it was absolutely terrible in the second half, but I'm not panicking right now. I'm just, I'm just not, but let's, an, let's answer some more defensive questions because we can get into maybe some of the nitty gritty of what they can do. Things like that. Uh, Crawdog 87 on Twitter asks, is there something schematically wrong with the secondary? There just seems to be a lot of confusion or blown assignments. I think a lot of it is you're not getting home uh, up front and you're asking your secondary to cover longer. I think that's a, the number one uh, catalyst right now in some of their struggles uh, Two, they, uh, they aren't afraid to put their, their secondary players on islands and, and they'll do it with all of them. And, and, and that often can lead to uh, blown assignments as well uh, with the chargers. What you saw last week was um some manipulate some clever manipulation from the Chargers scheme yeah. running crossing routes uh rubbing off 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 of the uh crossing defender so that you're getting you're rubbing him out of the play right um you were getting in getting them in man and then and then bringing that receiver all the way across the field which is a tough ask to try and drag uh that whole way if pressure gets home that those routes don't work right but it, when your pressure isn't getting home your secondary looks like they're they can't cover anybody and, and so there's a lot of combinations of things that are happening that that's resulting in the secondary not looking a, as sharp of late um that being said it's just a matter of getting in the right defense at the right time and i think that's been a, a problem there's right. often times when the chargers called the right play against zone or Charles called the right play against man. And so maybe that's predictability. That's a problem, right? And maybe you you can you can say, hey, if Aaron Glenn's becoming a little bit too predictable. Um, but there's situations that call for different defenses, and Aaron is pro- Aaron Glenn is probably playing the odds. So yeah, it's hard to exactly pinpoint. I think it's a combination of of, of several different things that that are resulting in this. It's it's interesting because Dan Campbell seemed to sing a little bit of a different tune than I'm norm that I'm used to to hearing him say after mm-hmm. a game on Monday because obviously he got peppered with a bunch of questions about the defense and the overall message seemed to be 
the scheme is good. Execution wasn't. Which, I mean, that's about as brutally honest as Dan Campbell gets. And he, he's an honest guy. But he's, mm-hmm. I mean, he's basically saying, like, listen, we got the right defense. We got the right play calls. We got we got all of this. The players aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. And, and listen, he mm-hmm. didn't say that outright. He's not throwing any individuals under the bus or anything. But that's kind of the underlying message is, you know, there, there was a lot of miscommunication. It, it, it did seem like when the, the Chargers went to no huddle, when they sent some guys in motion, not everyone got on the same page. You know, when, when a player goes in motion, there has to be a, a fair amount of conversation that happens between players and you either change assignments, you change schemes, whether I mean, you go from quarters to man or whatever that happens mm-hmm. after the huddle is broken a lot of the time. And that, and that's what he said wasn't happening is that, you know, half of the team would play this half of the team would play that. And, and he said, like, even if we get to a point where we all just land on something, even if it's not what we're supposed to change into, we need to be all on the same page. Instead of aud- instead of audibling to to the, the right play, let's just make sure everyone is doing the quote unquote wrong play rather than we have half the team doing this, half the team doing that. Mm-hmm. That's an issue. That's a huge issue. And it, it feels like that shouldn't be happening still at this point in 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 where this team is at. And and Dan, I think even said it on the radio, like this is some stuff that we we, we saw a couple of years ago. We need we need to get that mm-hmm. sort of stuff cleaned up. And is that a personnel issue? Maybe. Is that a coaching issue? Maybe. Um, but but it is like I, I think I think maybe we all overrated a little bit some of these players too. Not not that they're horrible players. Like Jerry can mm. can man up, Cam can man up. It was it, it was not a great day from from either of those guys, particularly I think Cam had the rougher of the two games. But even a guy like Kirby, like we all love Kirby, and I know he had an, an incredible interception, but he's also a guy that tends to be a little bit more risky. He's mm-hmm. a guy that that plays that sometimes leaves his assignment because he wants to get that ball. And that sort of stuff can have bad results as much as it can have good results. And so still a young player, a, a lot of you. I mean, everyone in that secondary is young outside of Cam Sutton. And so I'm not saying that you know that they're bad players. They can't get better, but they're they're not exactly, I think, what we expected them to be right away. Well, I'd I, I push back a little bit on, on Campbell, and I, I understand where he's coming from because I agree with the fact that there was lack of execution. Mm-hmm. I, I also think, though, that that some of the some of the play calls just weren't uh, in line with mm-hmm. with what they wanted to do. Like, I just think they ended up they got into bad. They got into bad schemes. And then um, the Chargers were able to take advantage of it. And, and maybe he doesn't want to throw Glenn under the bus, or I don't know. Maybe he's, maybe he disagrees with me, and, and either is fine. Um, but there were a lot of times when I just thought the way that you operate the scheme and then their ex- their execution of it or what what front they were asking to the Lions to do, or maybe what coverage scheme they're asking the Lions to do. It just wasn't an appropriate uh, response to yeah. the situation. And, and again, this is just my opinion. Sure. Um, and maybe I, and maybe they, you know, disagree with me, but I think you can correct some of these things by just altering the way you approach certain situations. And and to be clear, and I, you already made this point, but I kind of want to underline it is some of the issues that are happening in the secondary are not entirely their fault. Some of it is the, yeah. the defensive front. Like another thing Dan Campbell said is like, 
I know y'all wanted us to to double team. Uh, God, what's his name? Keenan Allen. <laughs> yeah, we did, but the, mm-hmm. the pass rush didn't get there, and he ran right through it. Like, <laughs> right. You, you need to be able to win your one on ones. That that was another big thing that he emphasizes. Guys aren't winning their one on ones up front outside of Aiden. No one's winning those one on ones. Maybe it'll leave a little bit, but this here's the thing. Who would you say is the, the, the line's best pass rusher right now outside of Aiden? Well, outside of Aiden and Aleem, <laughs> I, I mean, maybe Aleem, <laughs> maybe I, him to I, be honest. I, I think it's is, Alex Anzalone. Well, he's, he's been the most efficient that, one. Well, what's if you blitz him, I guess, but like, but you they, can't they, blitz him all the time, but they are now like that, that to me, that has been something they've, they've clearly pushed more of recently. Mm. In, in fact, I was going to go look this up and it turned out, uh, John Ledyard had already done it for, for our pride of Detroit direct spoiler alerts for those that, that, that are subscribers that, that haven't gotten the newsletter yet. In fact, I don't think it's been sent out yet. Let me, let me pull it up really quick because, uh, I thought it was really interesting. Um, it's something it, the Lions fans have been asking for adjustments, 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 fi- figure out something. I think this is something that's worked a little bit that, that has given a little bit of life to the Lions pass rush. Again, they didn't get home against the, the, I didn't go sure. home against the, the chargers, but he forced an interception essentially with, with one of his blitzes. Okay. Sure. So uh, last two lions games, Alex Anzalone has had 18 pass rushes in the first seven games. He had 21. Mm-hmm. It's been a huge adjustment, and I think it's helped. That's where I'm at. And I don't think that that's that that's necessarily. I, I again, I agree. I think that that's working. I think that's one of those things. But you can't. You also that's not something that you can rely on on a down to down basis, sure. right? Like this is a you might you you're doing it once a drive type of thing, maybe right? And so, um, from a down to down basis, though. I think the original question that you asked is uh, the other thing that is mildly concerning for me. Like we talked about like um, the, the, their ability to address mobile quarterbacks. The other concern that I have with this defense is their ability to uh, have a pass rusher outside of, of of Aiden. Um, They tried Charles Harris at the the beginning of the season. It didn't work. They tried John Kaminsky and then stacking the Jack linebacker outside him. And that wasn't working. Um, And then now they've switched up and it was Pascal who got the majority of looks last week against the chargers. And, and I don't think that necessarily worked either. Some of that could have been, you know, Pascal's, you know, maybe he's, he's still young, you know what I mean? And maybe he's, but you, you need to have a solution and they're trying to find a solution. And I just don't think they have it. Their solution may not arrive until late December, to be honest. Um, in the, in, in, in that's for James Houston, for those who are, that don't know what I'm talking about there, but they don't really have a lot of options. It's kind of like, they don't really have a whole lot of, depth in the secondary there are there are some flaws with with the defense um but again we're we're focusing on like a couple of like specific things it's how do you address a mobile quarterback how do you generate that pass rush on the opposite edge of Aiden how is your secondary depth and are you in the right coverage game beyond like those four things everything else is awesome 
You know what I mean? Like we've right. spent the first segment here talking. The team is seven and two, <laughs> right. and we spent we spent the first segment talking about what are the flaws. And I think like maybe that's just the inherent like nervousness of a Lions fan yeah. is to like be like, where's the penny going to drop, or when's yeah. the bottom going to fall out, right? Right. But I think while there are there are probably more questions about like what are the line, what are they going to do, what are they going to do. They're finding ways. Let's go back to this original point. They're finding ways to win despite some of these flaws. Yeah. Right. Right. And I think that's, that's a big part of what we need to make sure that we're not losing perspective on. Yeah. And and to even take a a step further back, I think this anxiety is coming from, I want this team to win a Super Bowl. This is going to keep them from (laughs) winning a Super Bowl. Like, okay, let's step back and just be and realize that's that's where we're at now. Like, we're trying to point out the fatal flaws. This team can't win a Super Bowl this year, their first real year of contention. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I, I mean, I'm not either. Like, like we just saw them be able to pull out a game that their defense was playing like terrible. Um, but yeah, like we're nitpicking, and and. Yes. I know it doesn't seem like Nick picking when you you give up 38 points. That's not a winning formula most most weeks. But when you score 41, all, it is. <laughs> 41 is greater than 38. We did learn that. Um, all right, let's end this segment with something a little bit more positive. Um, this, oh, okay. This, this is a fun kind of non sequitur, really. Um, the facts, I'm sorry, the Fox Magnet on Twitter asks, using whatever criteria you want, yep. what is your favorite draft pick in the Holmes era? It's, it's generational. This is the yeah. the entire franchise is being built around this kid. Who's is he? Twenty three. He's twenty three now, right? Or right? I think I so. Think so. Or, that sounds right. Jeez, I, I, I uh, he is as close to being the best player at his position that the Lions have on their roster. Yeah. And it's a matter of time before he is the best player, best offensive tackle, maybe best offensive lineman in the NFL. It's it's not like, oh, is he going to ever achieve that? No, he is. He is going to be the best in the league. Yeah. It's just a matter of when. Like right now, the argument is there for it. And so I don't know if he is. But the argument is already there, and the kid is twenty three. Yeah. I th- I think it's it's a very easy argument to make that Panay Sewell is the best player on the on the team's roster. Period. Exclamation point. I mean, you you saw it in the Chargers game. How much of that run game was predicated on running right behind it? A lot, a lot. How much of the the reason the Lions were so successful because Panay Sewell made Joey Bosa invisible for four quarters. A lot. But if we're going favorite draft pick, you have to throw value in a little bit. <laughs> and sure. getting Panay Sewell at, at seven or eight or whatever it was. Seven. Easy seven. pick. Easy pick. Being able to grab Amon Ross St. Brown in the fourth round is insanity. That is sure. thievery. That Ooh. is the kind of move that that endears an entire gen- generation of people to your general manager. Sure. It's sure. absolutely insane. We we had a very long conversation on the podcast yesterday and in the Slack today, whether Amon Ross St. Brown's a top five receiver, regardless of whether he's top five or top 10 or even top 15, you got that man on day three of the draft. That is, that is a crown jewel 
that will live in 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 whatever the opposite of infamy is for Brad Holmes. That is something he will be able to tell his grandkids. That'll be something we'll be able to tell our grandkids. We got this guy in the fourth round. That's our Tom Brady story in the draft right now. The 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 fun thing about that whole pick is the way it happened right. as well. The pl- it was because planned. you remember when he was sitting with Sheila Hamp and yep. he was saying that kid's going to be there and I'm just going to wait that out until he is. And then I'm just going to take him then. Yeah. Right. And so that ability to understand the draft and how teams value players and it's astounding. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I've right. never seen anything like it. Every pick he's made is on the team in some fashion, like every pick it's uh He's a wizard. He's he a really wizard. is. He really is. And so uh, I love his first pick right off the bat. Right. Make your first pick. Made a statement. Best right. player. You, your entire franchise is built around this kid. In my, And then you're going to build. You got a second pillar in that draft. You got another pillar of the draft after that. And apparently you got another one uh, after that as well. It's It's sure starting to look like. So, yeah. Whew. It's uh just that's how we got here. It's why we're seven and two, despite all yes. the defensive horribleness. Um, but anyways, <laughs> let, let's take a break here when we come back. More of your lines questions. I promise all the defense stuff is behind us. We'll talk a little bit more about looking ahead for the Bears. We'll talk a little bit about Dan Campbell leaving for a head coaching job. <laughs> Question mark. Oh, uh, and we'll God. talk a little Brian Branch when we come back here on the midweek mailbag. We'll be right back. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And we're back here on the Midweek Mailbag. Myself, Jeremy Reisman, and Eric Schlitt here answering your questions as we enter week 11 Bears week. We're going to talk a little bit about the Bears in a second. But first, from Jason Krolik on Twitter, asks. Do you give any credibility to Bruce Feldman speculating that Texas A&M should make a run at Dan Campbell for their head coach? I 100% think 
Texas A&M will be interested in Dan Campbell. But it's a fool's dream. Like, it's not going to happen. Like, let's be very clear. It is not realistic. This is a guy who went to Texas A&M two decades ago and likes it, but has an, an immense passion for what he is doing. This man cries on Monday night football interviews, thinking about teams that he had two years ago in their effort to play the, he is a NFL player and coach through and through. He is not a college coach in any way. In my opinion, he's an, that's his alma mater. Great. Would they be interested? Sure. Will he ever consider it? No, no, not, not even close. Um, not only cries thinking about former Lions teams, he cried when he stepped on the practice field when he first became head coach because this organization, this city means a lot to him. He may have only spent a year or two here, but he recognizes a team that that matters to him, a fan base that he knows is passionate. I mean, how many times does he go out of his way during a press conference to just talk about the city, just talk about the fans, talk about the environment in Detroit? And and I know Texas A&M has a deep wallet. Deep wall. That's that's the that's their only that's the only card that they, they can play though. I, I think the fact that that he's an alum doesn't even carry that much water. All that all that they can do is offer him Brinks truck behind Brinks truck. Like that's it. And does Dan Campbell strike you as a guy who's like, I'm I love where I'm at. I love everything about this job. I love this city. I love my players. But a hundred million dollars. I think what I could do with that. And and to be clear, they're probably not gonna offer him a hundred million dollars. But either way, like this is not a guy that that seems like I need bright lights. I need a big, you know, bank account. No, this guy is 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 happy with the simple things in life, whether it's his little teacup dogs or, or <laughs> eating ice cream at night or just drinking a, a Miller light. Like he's going to be he, he's he's immensely happily happy with where he's at. And I don't think any amount of money can pull him from that. He spent four years at Texas A&M during his youth. He has spent six years of his life in Detroit as a player and coach, as an adult. This is an adult. He's yeah. going to stay an adult. And <laughs> it's not like the Fords are hurting for money either. Right. Like they've, they've ponied up money for a lot of new things and a lot of new coaching positions. And they've shown that they're willing to pay to win. And right. he is bringing the wins. Right. Yeah. Right. I was going to say, if, if the wins continue, he's going to get all that he needs here. Yeah, a hundred percent. All right, let's move on from that. And and I, by the way, I appreciate the way that you worded that question, Jason, because it is pure speculation. This was not, this is not a rumor. Even this is just Bruce Feldman connect, connecting dots. And so relax, everybody. Uh, all right, Dan <laughs> Damage Control. I like that name on Twitter. Asks, are the Bears assuming Fields is back and picks up where he left off? A more difficult matchup for the Lions than we're giving them credit for. Mentioned that they're fourth in overall D. Run D, I should say, and Fields looks like things may be trending up prior to his injury. Well, I tell you, anytime you're facing a team in the division, it's you have to be conscious of that. Um, second of all, anytime you're facing a, a team that wins as a rushing, uh, wins in the run game, both on offense and defense, then you have to be concerned about that. Like the, those are those are two elements that make the Chicago Bears someone that the Lions will absolutely be having to pay attention to. But 
at the same time, the Lions are very good in both of those areas as well in the run game. And Dan Campbell has gone on repeatedly and talked about the fact that division games basically count as two because of having to like what they mean for in the division and the conference and your seating. And so he takes a high priority on their divisional games and he uh, makes sure that the team understands that focus. So, Yes, the Bears have a couple of things to be concerned about. And obviously, if Justin Fields is there and the mobile quarterback and when the issues we talked about in, in the in the first segment, there are some things, certainly. At the same time, I fully pre- expect the Lions to be prepared and have answers to where the Bears are, are good. Yeah, I, I think I think the Bears can provide them with a little bit of trouble on defense. I, I think the Lions defense might have some trouble with the Bears now. If they are going to try to run the ball against Detroit, I think that's that could be an issue for them. I think the Lions are are prepared to stop a Dante, Dante, Dante Foreman, Khalil Herbert, if, if he's healthy, type of, yeah. of duo. I, I think they're built to do that. Now, if they bring Justin Fields into the equa- occasion a little bit, maybe they'd be hesitant to do so since he's coming back from an injury. Who knows? We'll see. But the play, like if they can get a little bit of that going, the play action can work against this defense. And now they have a couple guys in DJ Moore who who can who can hurt them. Um, but there's just not there's just not enough to me. There's just not enough of a passing attack to be afraid of where the lines can't just kind of focus in on the run game. And then on the opposite opposite side of the ball, I just I have too much confidence in this line's offense to think that anyone can stop them right now. There are too many ways that they can beat you. We saw like I could see a game very similar to what happened in Tampa. And I know I just said that the bears defense could get bears offense could give them some trouble, but I think, I think it's an opportunity for the Lions to show, Hey, I know we're showcasing these two running backs, but we can also pass the ball a heck of a lot. We have a quarterback. We really, really trust. We have a bunch of receiving options. If we need to go full passing attack, we can, and we will, and we're going to win. Well, cause the, the running backs can catch too, both of them. True. Right. right. So, it's it goes back to again what we talked about earlier. It, this team can win in so many different ways. No matter what the opponent's approach is, the Lions yeah. should have a counter for it. Right. And the thing that the Chargers game, you know, re- that really resonates with me is is the fact that even if the defense has a bad day, the offense is just so good right now. Like they're hitting their stride at the right point of the season and they're really coming into their own. So I'm excited to, uh, to see this game. And uh, I, I think it should be a fun one for the the home crowd. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think when it comes down to it, even if this somehow becomes another shootout, who do you trust to outlast the, the shootout, the Lions offense as it is, or Justin Fields and the bears offense. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's basically it. Um, going off of this, this is maybe more of an, a more psychological question than it is a matchup one. Uh, Ryan in Toledo asks, is this Lions team capable of falling into a trap game? The Bears are bad. The Packers are bad. Can you see them looking forward to any games that may be more important to coaches and overlook these games like the Saints or the Broncos? Um, I mean, you, you kind of touched on it a little bit, right? Like the yeah. division games matter to Dan Campbell a lot and, and they're not going to look past that. and. Well, I think the biggest hiccup is that you have a short week following the Bears, Mm -hmm. you're right, against another division opponent. And and I think that's part of the reason why I was a little bit worried about this maybe being a trap game, uh, because 
maybe you start game planning for um, the Packers because you're a little bit worried about them and yeah. you have a short week. So maybe you take the Bears a little lighter. The thing is, I do think the division opponent really amps up the intensity level and the focus on the Bears. The other thing is they've already done this twice, right? They've already had Thursday opponents that they've had to prepare for. Uh, so they've already they know this routine. And when we look at when they had to play the Packers on, on Sunday night football back in week four, they were in a similar situation. And so what they did was they started having some of their advanced out scouts do some of the work ahead of time to make up that timeline. So they already have a method in place in order to get the uh, information that they need to prepare for Thanksgiving. So I do think they're ready for this. And I do think that they can avoid the trap game because of the information at their hands. Here's the thing for me. I'm never going to be concerned about motivation with this team. Right. Ever, ever. And you, you look, you look at how this team has played against bad teams this year. They've blown them all out. Every single one, two score game, two score game, two score game, two score game, three score game. They're blowing them out. And I think that speaks to their focus. Although I, th- I think sometimes we, we overplay that card. Like, if the if if a, a good team loses to a bad team, it's because they weren't focused. That's that's what it it has to be. That that's that's too simplistic for me. I don't believe that. Sometimes teams are closer in talent than you think. Sometimes it's just a bad matchup. Sometimes you just don't play well, and it's not because you didn't focus. It's not because you didn't play hard during the week. Do you think Dan Campbell is going to let this team get away with not practicing hard this week or next week? Although they'll, they'll probably just do walkthroughs next week. Next week for right. no. That's not this. This team will never run into the problem of they're not working too hard ever under Dan Campbell. And so if they lose to the Bears, something else happened. Jared Goff had an off bad day. The defense, I don't know, did something wrong, whatever. Or field not had a gonna, gas leak. Sure. <laughs> something <laughs> like that. I am not at all worried. And, and you can call it a trap game. You can call it whatever you want. This team is going to be amp, amply motivated each and every week this year. And going forward until infinity, until Dan Campbell is no longer here. That's all I'm going to say. Um, all right. Next question from Kirsten asks, a lot of us predicted the Lions to be in the 11 and 5, 12 and 4 range. If that holds true, where do the, uh, I guess, I'm thir- let's say 11 and 5 to 13 and 4 range. Um, okay. Or 11 and 6 to 13, whatever. 11 to 6 wins. <laughs> you know, 6 to f- Five to three losses. Okay. Her question is, yes, where, 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 do might, where do the losses come from? Yes. Where do the two <laughs> to three losses come from? What are you most concerned about? Um, On the road at Dallas, on the road versus the Vikings. I think those are your two hardest games. Yeah. Um, so the Viking on the road against the Vikings is a 50-50. I think on the road at Dallas is a 50-50. Um, I don't think you're going to lose both those games, but maybe you do. And and maybe that's where two of them come from. The third one would be uh, a surprise because I don't see it on the schedule anywhere yeah. else. So um, I, I, I see some people getting a little anxious over the Broncos. They're, they're quote unquote turning things around because they beat the bills last night. Look, if the, if the Broncos show up one more time yeah. and that game gets flexed to a Saturday, it's over. 
because they're not going to lose in uh, on a, in front of a national audience. The Lions don't lose in front of national audience teams, right? Like they, they haven't. So, so they're going to win the Super Bowl then, because every playoff game is nationally televised. Derek. Okay. <laughs> so the only the I mean I I do think the Bears on the road is going to be difficult because it's it's going to be a crappy weather game. We know the field is going to be crappy. And listen, even even during the Lions' kind of amazing streak last year, that was a tough win. That was a win they probably escaped with and probably shouldn't have had. So I, I think they're going to be a challenge. The rest, though, I'm not scared of the Saints. I'm not scared of the Broncos. I'm not scared of the Packers. I'm with you. It's 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 really both Minnesota games, but particularly the one away Dallas game. And then in 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 a distant fourth to those three games, I think bears on the road. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, two more, two more. Uh, one okay. from, yes. from a, our pride of Detroit direct subscriber. Angie asks, is Brian branch still looking as good as he was at the beginning of the season? I haven't heard his name mentioned as much. And I've even seen some people, Eric um, speculate that maybe he, he just hasn't been the same since his injury. Maybe he's, there's some lingering injury issues. I don't particularly buy that because mm-hmm. it's been a long time and in, in, including the bye week for him to, to get right. But I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on, on why we haven't heard Brian branch's name? We haven't seen him make some, some game changing plays as much recently. Um, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to say, right? Uh, I think he's, whenever you are talking about a safety or a player in a secondary, it's often easy for them to be out of frame of, yeah. of the ball of, of the ball. Right. And so when you're, when you're out of frame, you know, you, it doesn't, you know, it's, you don't always show up unless something bad's happening, right. A pass is being made and then it's like, Oh, branch was in coverage there. Right. right. So it's, it's hard to always see the positive unless you're, intercepting Patrick Mahomes for, for uh, a touchdown. Right. Um, so I don't think he's been bad necessarily. I just don't think he's made as many splash plays. He's made a couple good run stops. I think they've been using him deeper at times as yep. well, yep. which is factored into it. And so, um, he just, but I agree the splash plays haven't been there. I just don't think it's been as bad as may or you know I don't think he's necessarily disappeared. I think it's just he's not on the 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 camera a lot of times right. and we just have those splash plays have been uh a little fewer and far between since the injury. I I have a couple theories. My okay. first is just there the, the ball's not coming to him. Yeah. It, it's a simple like if the ball's near him in training camp like he was going to make a play. He was targeted two times against the Ravens one time against the Raiders. Is that right? Hold on. Yeah. Yes. And then six times last on, on, on Saturday, on Sunday. And, and even then it didn't feel like he was necessarily getting victimized. Although PFF has him allowing all six catches for 31 yards. So he didn't even give up a big play. Um, the crazy thing is 31 yards is almost half of his season total of 66. Like he's only given up 66 yards on the season. So, yeah. Oh, I mean, oh, no, that's, yeah, that's you're looking at. Yeah. Oh, that, is that after catch? Okay. Yeah. yeah. My bad. Either way. Um, right. I was looking too fast. Another, another thing that you, you kind of alluded to there is like, now he's playing a little bit more safety. They're putting yeah. a little bit, they're putting a little bit more on his shoulders now. So yep. maybe that takes a while to get used to. 
That didn't, mm-hmm. I mean, he's a rookie. You, you want to ease him in with stuff, even though you, he comes from an Alabama defense where he's doing a lot of this stuff anyways. But as you continue to add more to his plate, it might pull away from his performance in other positions. And and then I, I guess to me, the other thing is just he's rookie. There's going to be some inconsistent consistent plays. I, I think it was foolish for us to think that he's going to come out and be an all pro in year one. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the mistakes are going to come here and there. He he was going to hit a rookie wall at, at some point, even even if he missed a couple um, games to injury. I, I I would be very surprised if it's what if an injury is holding him back. I think it's just a matter of not getting the opportunities to make plays, changing his role a little bit, and then and then yeah, just some rookie inconsistencies that every play is going to player is going to deal with. If if there's if if there's any concern of of Brian Branch and and who he is as a player or, or his development in the NFL, that concern is about number fifty thousand of <laughs> of my concerns with the Lions right now. Like he's going to be a really good player. He's going to continue mm-hmm. to make plays. If if I mean we're talking about a three game sample size out of his injury, he'll be fine. I'm not worried. I think they've also been playing teams that. Um have that will spread the ball out mm-hmm. and so he's had to be in coverage more as opposed to stopping the, the run more yeah. right when like like against atlanta was one of his better games right he had like 10 11 tackles or something like that right and he was asked to like come up and and, and fill and so like, like they got that penalty for hitting Bajan, right yeah yeah um so i that i think i speaks right. to rule right yep, yep. no question all right, last question before we get out of here it comes from Elron Blubbard, which again, you guys are killing it with the Twitter names. Uh, another young player, let's talk about uh, Jamison Williams. It says it's impossible that Jamison Williams is still acclimating. It's also impossible that Ben Johnson quote doesn't know how to use him. What's the real answer? Inability to grasp the Ben Johnson offense. It's got to be something like that. Now let me let me jump in real quick before you do and say please I disagree with your premise. I disagree that it's impossible that Jamison Williams is still acclimating. Some players develop at their own speed. We we hear the coaching staff talk about it all the time. Some players can come in and they're immediately going to light the league on fire. Some players are going to take time to acclimate. Some players are going to take years to acclimate. Now, when you draft a guy 12 overall overall and you trade up for him, you sure hope he's going to be one of those guys that acclimates pretty quickly, especially when you're already burning essentially his entire rookie season because of the ACL. But that's not how it worked. Sorry, it didn't work out that way. And and Eric and I were were teasing it during the break. We both think Jamison Williams just came off his best career game. And I know some of you are probably scratching your head and saying, why would you say that? He had two catches for, what, 20 yards? 18 yards. That man is making a difference in ways that go. And, and I'm not just talking about the block on, on David Montgomery, go and watch. The, there, there's a YouTube video which, out there, which was awesome, which, which was, was awesome. awesome. And credit to him because you can tell he loves doing that too. He, he got up from that block and it was just like, he was going he's screaming and, and, yeah. and, 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 and listen that, that I think is an underrated part of Jameson Williams is how much he loves the game and the dirty work of the game that you would expect a player like him with how high he was drafted with, with how much success he had at at Alabama that one year, you would expect a player like that to be upset over his usage, be upset that he's not getting the ball as much as you want upset that his stats aren't where they need to be. I don't get a sense of that at all from Jameson Williams. 
I get a sense no, he was, he's, he's happy to run out there for 40 plays and block the hell out of somebody. He was literally waving his arm like yeah. come with the, the yeah. come with me. Like he's having a blast out there. No, oh, and yeah. so I, I think that's an underrated part of his game that, that the people overlook. But I would say, man, Ben Johnson used an expertly against the Chargers. He was open sometimes, but when he wasn't, he was pulling a safety away from someone else who got wide open. He was creating space all over the place because they know he is going to draw attention just because of speed, because if you let him go, he will hit you for a big play. And even those, those, even though those big plays haven't been consistent yet, he's still making an impact and he's making everyone around him better. And do you want, do you want just a guy who's going to make everyone else better around you out of the 12th overall pick? Probably not, but you're going to have to remove yourself from the fact that he was the 12th overall pick. You're going to have to just admit that the team is better right now with him on the field. And that should be enough for you. What's funny is um, they still, the team still views him as like this elite guy, pass catcher, like yeah. a guy who's going to turn into that. Like listening to Montgomery um, after uh, talk about his block or uh, the block that Jameson delivered on, on his big run. He was like, he was praising Jameson. He was like, a guy like him in his position doesn't have to make that block for me. But the fact that he does speaks to his character and speaks to how he wants to win. And I think we know that about Khalif, who's running his butt down the field. We know that about Amon Ra, who is also running his butt down the field, yep. right? Um, and Josh Reynolds, for that matter, as well. But Jameson loves to hit people. Like, the. I know we've talked about this to a point where it's like, I'm not sure if people are believing us anymore, but he loves football and he loves to win at football. And he, he doesn't necessarily carry that. I have to be the top target mantra that a lot of like receivers do. And it's it uh, for a lot of players on this team. It's just as important to them that the team scores as it is of how they score, right? It's more, it's more important that the team scores yep. than how it happens. Like there's another video out there about um, Montgomery and, and Gibbs sitting on the bench and Montgomery is like, I can't let you get all the glory. And Gibbs is like, I want you to get one. <laughs> right. That's the, that is, but that is a trait that carries yeah. to each player. Yep. These, when we talk about how this team is built, they, pick players that have this mentality and Jamison does, or he wouldn't be here. It's just as important to him to lay. uh, First of all, that block was killer. And it wasn't like it was perfectly set up by him. It was down the field. It was push off. And then, and then I'm going to clip you because I know that I've got, I'm out of options, but he's going to run with them as long as he can. He's faster. Like the, you know, they talk about the gate, like he, his gate on his running is just like so much faster than everybody. And it looks it, effortless. It looks like, look like he's jogging. Yeah, it does. Yeah. But like, again, he's his mentality is I'm going to I want to make the team better. Right. He he's I don't think he's ever going to be a guy that's going to be like, I need seven catches. Right. Or he's 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 never going to be a guy who we hear about. Uh, on a team that like 
How many receivers at the trade deadline did we hear about that were like disgruntled and wanted out because they weren't getting attention? He's never going to be that guy. And yes, I agree with you. We need to forget about the fact of where he was drafted and why, like, this is a guy who was brought in because he has elite skills that you can't find anywhere, uh, everywhere, right? Like with that speed. And sometimes those elite skills are going to help you win in other areas, like beating the zone, like blocking 40 yards downfield. And hopefully those passes, those catches come. He made a really tough catch. One of those catches was really hard. Mm -hmm. Uh, The one where he, like, it was not, it it wasn't a great throw, but he made made a really tough catch. And and honestly, he was wide open on that play way earlier. If if Goff had seen mm-hmm. him earlier and delivered a yeah. cleaner ball, he scores on that play. And the, and and we're also forgetting too. The man did score a touchdown that got taken, taken off the from board. Him. Yeah, uh, on a baloney, a baloney, yeah. right? Cut block. Yeah. Um. So I mean, well, I I think the production is just going to eventually come. I really do. Yes, I, I agree with I you know on that. People who watched the man sim last week. Thought I was dogging on the guy. And that's because I, I, the one part of the game that I don't think is going to improve is his hands. I think, I think he's going to have incredibly frustrating job drops here and there, but I'm seeing him come along with his route running. I'm seeing him start to get the details right. And that's why I think the Lions were holding him back for as long as they were. Because yes, I do think it took a long time for him to acclimate. I do think it maybe took a long time for him to learn this offense and, and get all the details down. But it, that's where he's seeing, that's where I'm starting to see the progression. And and I know the Lions see it too because guess who was in on the game winning drive for almost every single play, Jameson Williams. Guess who's in right. for red zone plays where they took him off the field before, Jameson Williams. It's only I mean they design plays for him in the red zone now. I mean he's a starter, right? Like he's he's a starter now. He's yeah. he's been he started the last three games. He's played starter level snaps the last three games. Uh, and I actually will push back. I think his hands will improve, and I think they will improve uh, as he. I I do think there's an acclimation process that that's still going on, and the reason I say that is because look at where Jared Goff places the football with guys he's comfortable with. He like look at these passes to Laporta outside shoulder away from the coverage. Yeah, yeah. passes to Amon Ra in stride away we go. It's uh, Khalif Raymond hits him. He can hit Khalif. He's still not quite hitting JMO in the spots that are conducive to helping JMO, you know, keep going or, 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 or he's a little bit low. So that tell if Jared Goff has so much chemistry with everybody else, yet he's still missing JMO a little bit here and there, that tells me that they are still acclimating. And if the ball starts getting into a better spot, Mayo's catches become a lot easier. So I think his hands can improve still. I think they will improve still. I just, I think the problems go beyond ball placement based on well, what? practice. Wait, stop, stop dogging the, on them. The, so the, ball, the ball placement isn't where it needs to be in game. I, I will agree with you on that. But in, yeah. in general, I've seen this guy catch passes, drop passes in practice where placement sure. has not been an issue. And that's, that's to me where I carry the concern sure. over. Yeah. I'm not saying he's not, he hasn't dropped them. Um, I just think that's, Correctable. Okay. Fair enough. Because I agree with I, I agree with everything you said, except for that. Except for the one negative thing. 
Uh, <laughs> all right. We'll end things there. Thank you all for listening as well. Um, as always, we are in the middle of our November campaign. We've raised over $12,000 for the Alzheimer's Association as we hit near the midpoint here. We're going to try to get to 50K. Remember that we are going to have a marathon stream with a whole bunch of guests on Tuesday, December 5th. That's going to go, I believe, from... I don't want to commit on time yet, but it'll be about a 16 hour stream all day. So clear your schedule if you can to hang out with us all day and, uh, and help support a couple good causes. We're going to get the auction going this week as well for some awesome, ridiculous prizes. Um, but until then, thank you all for listening for Eric. I'm Jeremy. It's chaos. Be kind. Be kind.